Well, today, I want to share with you a thought that's on my heart, a thought that I believe that will encourage you and that will bless you in this season. For you see, there's something that God wants to do dramatically in our life. He wants to move forward. He wants to transform. And I want to speak pastorally and prophetically to you. Often in the season of political unrest, we begin to worry. I know we live in a season and at a time where there's economic instability, there's political division, there is cultural challenges that are happening. And many times what happens in these moments is we begin to ask the question, God, where are you? God, where are you? Are you still in control? Are you still moving? I wanna reassure you that what I see in the word of God is that God is still on the throne. He is still in charge. He is still uh, superintending over the affairs of men and we can put our hope and trust in him. Our hope is not in a political party. It is in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we need to look forward to him and say, God, I'm gonna keep my eyes focused on you. I'm gonna keep my eyes focused on you. Now as believers, often we're tempted to speak our own opinion. I wanna challenge us to silence our own opinion and instead speak the truth of God's word. Yes, we need to speak the truth of God's word, not our own opinion, not our own perspective because our opinion and our perspective does not matter. All that matters is the word of God. For you see, the word of God is living and active and it's the thing that will cause breakthrough in people's lives. We're tempted when we see things on social media to comment. I wanna encourage us that instead of posting, we need to pray. Instead of posting, we need to pray. But then in private moments, in conversations, face-to-face with people that we would speak boldly. In fact, that's the title of my message today. In fact, I think that's the title of what God wants to speak to us today is to speak boldly. Say it with me. Speak boldly. And my prayer for today's message is first that God would speak boldly to you. And then in the process of him speaking boldly to you, that then he will speak boldly through you. He wants to speak boldly over us. Promises, reassurance, faith, hope, confidence. But he does all of that to bless us and to strengthen us on the inside, but also so that we can be empowered to speak boldly for him. For you see, we're not here to speak about cultural issues or political party. We're here to speak and advocate for the king and the kingdom and his interests. For you see, we're the church. We're not a political organization. We're not a social justice organization. We are the bride of Christ. And he's inviting us to speak boldly. And I believe that when we allow the Holy Spirit to speak through our life, we will be empowered to speak the truth in love. We'll have the right words to be clear about what the word of God says, but we'll also be kind in how we share the truth of God's word. And I wanna encourage us to speak boldly. We're not supposed to be shaped by the culture. We as the church are supposed to shape and reshape culture. And so today I wanna invite you to join me in Acts chapter four. 
Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at verses 18 and following. But before I get into the text, I want to explain what, what is happening here. Jesus has died. He's rose again. He's met with the disciples and the first followers of Jesus for 40 days. He's ascended into heaven. Acts 2 has already occurred. They've already been filled with the Holy Spirit. And then Peter and John, they're walking to the temple called Beautiful. And in that moment, Jesus intervenes. And in the name of Jesus, they heal a man, a man that had been paralyzed for a long time. Well, this man goes to the temple and he presents himself, says, I'm healed. Well, the religious leaders get frustrated about this because they did it in the name of Jesus, the guy that they had crucified just some 50 plus days before. And so the religious leaders get very frustrated with Peter and John because of what they've done, but they're kind of stuck in a spot because they've just healed this man and that's worth celebrating. But look what happens. Here's where we pick up the story. Verse 18, verse 18 and following, look what it says. Then they called him in, then they called them in to speak and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. I love what Peter and John say here. But Peter and John replied, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him, speaking of the man. You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. After further threats, they let them go. I want to pause here and just say, I want us to live like Peter and John and be able to say, as for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. All of us have seen and heard God move. And God is challenging us to speak boldly about what we've seen and heard. But the disciples didn't stop there. They actually appeal heaven and they pray unto God. Look at what, verse, what they say in verse 29. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Say great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Back then, back then, those first followers of Jesus faced profound opposition. In fact, I believe we haven't seen greater opposition than what we see right now into what God wants to do. But I'm confident that God is gonna empower us through his spirit and through the authority of Jesus to be able to speak boldly because these are the moments not to be silent. These are the moments to speak prophetically. These are the moments to speak under the influence and the, and the power and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And I'm praying that God would empower us to speak boldly. Some of us were timid in our faith. We've been silent for way too long. But what we need to do is we need to share our story. Somebody needs to hear about how God has healed you from cancer. Some of you, you need to speak about how God gave you a job when there was no hope. Someone needs to hear about how God saved you from addiction, how he saved you from, from the, your past and from abuse and from destruction and how God stepped in in a powerful moment to set you free. That's what we need to speak because that's gonna give life to people. That's gonna give credibility to who Jesus is and what he can accomplish. He has authority over all things. And I'm praying that you will speak that truth to people, the truth of who God is. So today I wanna prepare you for what God's gonna do in just a moment. I wanna prepare you to speak boldly. 
want to prepare you to speak boldly. Here are three ways to, to prepare yourself to speak boldly. Number one, give the battle to God. Give the battle to God. This is what Peter and John do. They give the battle to God. They say, now, Lord, consider their threats. They have the opportunity to try to flex in their own power. But they went back to Jesus and they said, you're the Lord. You consider their threats. Now, back then, a Lord was someone who had authority, someone who would govern over an area, someone who would provide protection, who would provide Uh, who would give provision to the people in that specific territory. And so they're appealing to Jesus. They're not just calling him Jesus. They're saying, Jesus, you are Lord, because they knew that he was Lord. They knew that he had authority. And so they gave the battle to God. I believe that many of us were losing day after day, week after week, month after month, because we're trying to fight the battle alone. Don't fight the battle alone. Just invite Jesus to the fight. Oh, man, I'm going to say it again. Just invite Jesus to the fight. If you want to have the victory, give it to the one who's already the victor, who is Jesus Christ. And that's what they did. They said, you are the Lord. We're acknowledging you. We know you have the authority. We don't. But then they use a legal term here. They say, consider their threats. What people would do when they would go before the judge or the king, they would say, King, would you consider what I'm presenting to you? And it was a legal term. It was asking the person in authority to take under advisement what they were saying. And so what these disciples are doing is they're saying, Jesus, have you heard the threats that they're making against us? Threats about you? The way they're criticizing your name? And they say, Jesus, we're inviting you to consider this. Would you take this under your advisement? They're asking him to fight the battle. Many of us, the reason why we're losing and losing and losing in our life is because we're trying to do it in our own strength, number one. And the second reason why we're losing is because we haven't acknowledged Jesus as Lord over every area of our life. For you see, God cannot fight and win the battle for us if we're the ones in charge. Either he's the one in charge or we're the ones in charge. And I just want to reassure you that if you put Jesus in charge, he'll always win. He doesn't know how to lose. He doesn't know how to lose. The cross wasn't a loss. It was a way to win. We think about the cross as being a way to lose. It wasn't. It was the way that God proved that he could win. And he wants to fight the battle for you. So what do we do? We need to surrender to God. For you see, Jesus can do more with our surrender than we can do with our own control. Jesus can do more with our surrender, with our surrender, than we can do with our own control. When we bow our knees to God, we're acknowledging that he's the one in control. And when we surrender to him, he steps up and says, okay, I'll take the battle on. I'll fight for you. I'll win the battle. I'll win the battle. I've already won the battle, but I'm gonna prove to you that I can win the battle for you. So today, to prepare yourself to speak boldly, give the battle to God. He's already won. Here's a second way to prepare yourself to speak boldly. Number two, ask Jesus to extend his hand. Say it with me. Ask Jesus to extend his hand. This is what they pray. They say in verse 30, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. 
In that culture, when someone would stretch out their hand, their right hand, what they were saying is, I'm going to take care of it. For you see, in the right hand was the hand that they would carry a sword. And so when you went to somebody and they raised their right hand against your enemy, they were, tell, they were putting the enemy on notice. Hey, guess what? I'm fighting this battle. I'm fighting this battle. But what they were also communicating to the other person who had requested help is, I've got your back. I'm here to protect you. I'm here to guard you. I'm here to fight the battle for you. When someone extended their hand to you, they were providing assistance, blessing, and protection. How about you, but we need God to extend his righteous right hand over us to perform miracles, to bring healing, to bring transformation. And that is the will of God. He wants to extend his hand, but we must go to him and say, Jesus, would you stretch out your hand for me and for my situation? Today, today at the conclusion of the service, I believe that Jesus is gonna be in this altar. And I believe he's gonna extend his hand over those who want him to do so. And he's gonna minister healing. He's gonna minister transformation. He's gonna minister exactly what you need. He's gonna empower you to speak boldly. And I believe that if you step out in faith, believing about what he can do and what he will do, what will happen is you'll go from here and you'll be able to say, Jesus made a difference in my life today. Jesus made a difference in my life and he's transformed that situation that I've been praying about. And I just believe that God wants to do that. But we have to believe in faith. That when he extends his hand, he's gonna accomplish what he said he, he's gonna do. That he will heal and perform signs and wonders. For you see, faith is not believing that God can it's knowing that he will. Faith is not knowing that God can. It's believing that he will. Now, has, ever, has God ever gone back on his word? I'm going to ask again. Has God ever gone back on his word? No, he doesn't have the capacity to do that. He's not like us. Whenever he speaks a word, it will happen. It will happen, it will happen, it will happen. Moms and dads, hold on to that promise for your child. Person who's sick, believe for healing. Hold on to that promise. For you see, you don't have to see it to believe it, you just have to believe it and then you'll see it. You have to believe first and then you'll see God move. We need to ask Jesus to extend his hand to us. And I believe in just a moment he's gonna do that. I'm inviting you right now even to prepare your heart. In fact, in fact, here's my challenge to my, sen my, sen my senior saints, those of you who have been in the faith for decades. I wanna ask you right now, under your breath, to begin to pray that God would begin to move. For you see, God moves when we pray. And I'm inviting our seasoned saints. I'm asking you right now to just pray under your breath and even begin to pray in the spirit that God would move because God's about to move. And I want us as believers, as, as people who have journeyed with God for a long time to set the spiritual tone, the spiritual temperature 
It may be cold outside, but it's warm in here. Why? Because someone set the temperature. And I'm inviting us as seasoned believers to set the spiritual temperature. Just don't let it be what it needs to be. Ask God. Appeal to the king. You've walked decades with him. Appeal to him right now, asking him to move. I believe that if we do, he will do it. In fact, at the very end, I'm going to ask you seasoned saints to, to flank the sides and I'm gonna invite you to come right at the very beginning to create the atmosphere where God can move. I'm gonna invite you on the sides to do that. Here's the third way to prepare yourself to speak boldly is to pray urgently for God's boldness. Say it with me. Pray urgently for God's boldness. Look at what, look what they did in verses 29 and 31. They said, now Lord, enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. And then after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. I'm believing that the Holy Spirit still moves. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And I want to reassure you that just because the Holy Spirit is the third in the list doesn't mean he's diminished in any way. He has the same power and the same authority that the Father and the Son has. They just have a, he just has a different function, and that is to confirm that Jesus is the Savior and Lord, that he is the Christ, the anointed one, but he also provides empowerment. Jesus has the authority. The Holy Spirit provides the empowerment, and the Father is the one that provides the will. He's the one that sets the map. Today, we need to pray urgently for God's boldness because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. Many of us, the reason why we don't pray is because we overestimate what we can do and we underestimate what God can do. We overestimate what we can do and we underestimate what God can do because we view prayer as a passive experience instead of something that moves heaven. I want to share with you, pull back the veil for just a moment of what happens in heaven when we pray. When we bow our knees to pray unto God, here's what happens. The King of Kings stands up. There is a general alarm that goes out. The trumpets are sounded. The angels are called to attention. And Jesus begins to speak because he's the Logos, he's the Word. And orders go out to attend to the people of God. When we pray, heaven moves. Why? Because prayer moves the heart and the hand of God. So don't view prayer as something passive that we do. We're appealing to God and saying, God, would you do something miraculous? because we can't do it in our own strength. And we know that God uses his voice to make things happen. Why? Because in Genesis 1, here's what it says. It tells us. It tells us that God said and it was so. God said and that it was so. God said and that it was so. And I believe that there is in a so that God wants to create in your life today. And so today as I close, I'm gonna invite you to stand. Set aside every distraction. We're gonna step into a moment of prayer and worship. We're gonna to appeal to the king and ask him to move because without him, we can't do it. 
And so I'm gonna invite our seasoned saints to come up and fulfill the duty that the king has put before you to intercede and to pray. Come now, come now. Let's set the tone. Let's set the spiritual atmosphere for this place where the king can move. Let's set the tone. Here's what I want you to do, church. I want you to raise your hands. Your hands prepare your heart for what God can do. It's a sign of surrender. It's a sign saying, God, you're welcome. It's a sign of openness. And so right now we're gonna pray and ask God to come and be a part of this moment. And I'm, I'm gonna pray that God would move powerfully. And here's the appeal. For those of you who need God to speak life over you, if you need him to speak life over you, or you know you've sensed the tug in your heart that he wants you to speak boldly, this is your moment. At the conclusion of my prayer, even before the worship team sings and leads us in worship, I'm gonna want you to come right up here and I want you to declare to God, I'm willing, I'm willing to allow you to speak life over me and I'm willing to speak your name boldly. Let's raise our hands and let's pray. Jesus, we invite you right now to come into this moment. Jesus, you have all authority. It was handed to you after you died and resurrected from the dead. All authority in all of heaven has been entrusted to you. And Jesus, we invite you in because you're the Lord, you're the King. I pray, Lord, right now that you'd begin to minister healing, that you'd perform signs and wonders, things that confirm who you are to your people. And I pray, Lord, that you would begin to speak life and hope over your people. And Lord, that you would release the mouth and the lips of those that you want to speak boldly about what you can do and what you will do. Those that you want to empower through your spirit to speak prophetically about what you want to do. I pray, Lord, right now, that we would create this place where you are lifted up, God, because we're here to worship you. We're here waiting on you. We're here to wait on your presence and your power. And we just invite you, Jesus, to move. Jesus, would you move? Jesus, would you move? Just say the name of Jesus. Jesus. Just say, Jesus, you're welcome. Jesus, you're welcome. Jesus, you're welcome. Now, if you want the Lord to speak life over you, I want you to come right now. Don't delay. And also, if you want to speak boldly about what God can and will do, you want the gift of spiritual prophecy, which is being able to speak the truth of God's word under the influence and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, this is your moment. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Right now I ask Jesus that you would move, that you would begin to pour out your spirit, that you begin to pour life and speak life over those who need life, but also, Lord, that you would speak and provide empowerment, your spiritual empowerment to your people right now, Jesus. Jesus, would you worship? Jesus, we lift you up, we worship you. We just invite you, begin to speak in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit. If you can pray in the spirit, begin to pray in the spirit. We're welcoming the spirit of God here. You're welcome, Jesus. Holy Spirit, you're welcome to flow. We are unashamedly a spirit-filled, spirit-empowered church. We believe that God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they work in concert to accomplish the will of God. Holy Spirit, pour out your presence. 
Pour out your presence, Holy Spirit. Pour out your presence. Speak life and empower them to speak life as well. Prayer team, I'm gonna invite you just to begin to move through the crowd and begin to pray that God would move. Prayer team, I'm gonna invite you to step in and just slide through and let the Holy Spirit lead you. Now, now let's worship the King. Let's worship the King. Let's lift him up.